Onward, the boys come, like sniffing dogs, grinning and slobbering, trying to find out where that smell is. (laughs) That's what we needed to see right there. All right, that's good. Hey, it's Heidi and Satan. I mean, (laughs) Stefan. (laughs) Yes, and welcome back to another edition of the Ice Cream Parlor. Which I guess you could theoretically call season two. Yeah. Right. That's a good way of putting it. Season two. Starting fresh in a brand new year. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Happy post inauguration day. Yeah. A lot of new changes in the world. Absolutely. I even brushed my hair for this episode. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Hell yeah. So it's good to see you again. It's good to see you. I was wondering why you were here. And I thought, oh, wait, we're recording finally. Finally, I know. We, We had to do a lot of new things, right? Like this beautiful new studio we're in. Absolutely. We should address that right off the bat, I We're guess. We're in a right? new studio. We're in a new studio. It, it took us some time to move and get everything completely like Not to mention there's also a pandemic happening. Right, yeah. Um, but this is good. This is our new home, right? It's our new home, at least for the next, I don't know, couple years or until I get tired of you. <laughs> <laughs> Whichever comes first. With that being said, is there that anything That being else said, you... we're doing something different today. Oh, okay. What are we doing today? We are doing not one, not two... But three motherfucking movies. Three. Should I stop cursing this year? No. 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 Three movies. We, um, a listener, Nicole, I hope I was okay to use her name. I'm sure it's fine. Did she give you a tag or something? Like a, like, was it a Twitter something or other? A handle? No. Instagram? She just said, hey, do this. You guys are boring otherwise. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, Nicole, well, Nicole. I could, I could always... Beep out the uh, last name or something like that. do that. Nicole Blank uh, reached out to us and suggested the Carrie movies. The Carrie movies. Yeah. So there's Carrie, 1976, directed by Brian De Palma. I love him because he did Scarface. Um, And I know he did Carrie as well, which I've seen before. Um, I didn't know that he did it when I saw it, though. So oh, that's yeah. something that was different watching it this time now. Yeah, like, different oh, context. Yeah. yeah. And then The Rage, Carrie 2, which came out in 1999, the 90th of all movies that we've <laughs> seen in the past, I don't know, couple of years. And then uh, the remake, Carrie, from 2013, starring Hit Girl. Hit Girl, right. Hit Girl. Um, yeah, so, and then I think there's a fourth, like, TV, made-for-TV thing or something yeah, like that. Yeah, we're counting or, that okay. because I... Too much. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't want to pay for yet another movie that I had to yeah. rent for a while. I mean, I, I heard somewhere that that one is probably closer to the actual book, the Stephen King book, if you're going for that, like, um, you know, true to the book context of it. I guess I, did, I, didn't, I didn't read that, but I also didn't read the book. And I really wanted to get the book and figure out what the differences were. But in doing my... Small little bit of research for this, for Carrie, the original Carrie. Um, I found that it was the preferred ending to the writer who it was written by. Stephen King. Stephen King, yeah. So you're saying he liked the he ending of the movie. the movie ending the, versus the book ending. The book ending, okay. So I'm thinking, eh, I, I don't have to read the book. Well, nice. Um, I'm not much of a book reader. I'm into the movies. I you know like what a book show. is. I know what a book is. I've read a few, but I don't know. I, I'm visual, so yeah. I, I guess I like the movie aspect of it more. I mean, um, it counts it because we have subtitles during movies for me, so you read the book movie. <laughs> oh, right. Technically. Technically, you read the movie. So we're doing Carrie. Carrie. Carrie 2, which is really called The, the Rage. Rage. 
and the rage colon carry carry two, two. And, and we're Carrie, doing the remake remake okay yeah. which i'm not usually a big fan of remakes i actually like this movie the remake yeah, I have to say it's the same with me. I think that if you're going for um, – it, I, I wanted to hate it more than I did, but I guess it also you know, really fell in line with the original in some ways. They obviously had to modernize a few things, but overall it was, I guess, really true to the original movie, mm-hmm. including like using some of the same dialogue, I would say. Well, um, I think some of it was – some of the dialogue is crucial because it just sets the tone. Like when the mom says – after the blood, the right. boys come like sniffing dogs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh, what was that? The la- uh, the lady that plays uh, Margaret White. Yeah. Right. So, Carrie. Let's just Carrie is um, a teenage girl who, up until a certain point, was homeschooled by her super, super, super devout and religious mother, uh, Margaret White. Um, right who is played by Piper Laurie in the original. Um, and she is very, she's very much bullied in school for being super weird. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she goes through some changes in her life and she tries to embrace, uh, quote, normal culture and try, goes off to prom. But bitches be tripping. So somebody played a prank on her and then she, you know, naturally decides to, she discovers her telekinesis abilities and decides to take her revenge out on all these right. people that she didn't connect with. Um, it's a crazy, you know, um, plot, I would say. It's you it's know? not, though, because people live that regularly. Like, people live being bullied. Like, I, I didn't come from a super religious household. But I came from a very conservative household. Like I, I tell you all the time, I grew up in a dry house. I didn't start drinking until my mid to late twenties, and even then, it was like for a short period. And you know, I caught up. But the thing is, people don't understand that you are in your circumstances. They just see that you're different, and then they start picking on you. Yeah, yeah. You know? No, there's a lot. Obviously, a lot that people can relate to from the regular like like you said, school life, being picked on, bullied, all that kind of stuff. The telekinesis part of it is sort of like the supernatural element. Yeah, but that's also the thing that you really want. Like as a child, I mean, I guess my first horror movie was, (laughs) my first horror movie was um, Drew Barrymore in Firestarter and she can set fires with pyrokinesis. As a kid, you're saying like you wanted to like have superpowers. And and I always wanted to have superpowers. And then I remember... um, out of this world with Evie. Mm-hmm, right. And and I really wanted to be like, oh, I can stop time. I can do this. And then X-Men, which is like, please, that's like the love of my life. Mm-hmm. X-Men. Um, I was like, I want to have mutant powers. You know, I wanted to do all of those things. But if you really get down to it, the most helpful and youth, you, useful superpower would be telekinesis. telekinesis. Moving shit with your mind. Or telekinephews because equality. <sighs> okay. <laughs> I got you there. Um yeah, I guess. I th- I think when I was young, there was a time where, like, I really wanted to be Wolverine. And, like, I, like, tried to, like, just make a fist and just summon have some sort of power. Protrude. Yeah, to, like, pff, have blades come out. And then what I did is took butter knives and taped them to my hand and ran around. Very like safe. That. Sounds really very much boy in the 80s. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, um, are we going to, do you want to talk about, like, 
all three of them together as one? Well, I mean, maybe we can just go through them. Yeah, because um, I was just going to say it's also worth pointing out that Julianne Moore was the mom in well, the remake, yeah. which was... Well, we'll get to the remake um, if that's fine. Sure, sure, yeah. You're good with that? Yeah. All right, but okay. yeah, um, and I love Julianne Moore for different reasons. Gotcha. She's hot. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so... Carrie, 1976, based on a novel by the same name, uh, written by Stephen King. Right. Okay. Um, stars Sissy Spacek, just Carrie. I don't know her from anything else other than Carrie. Right. I was going to ask that, too. Like, everybody's like, oh, yeah, it's Sissy Spacek. But because I'm like, you just know it's Sissy Spacek, I guess. Yeah, I guess. But was she known in t- from something before Carrie? Was she, like... Uh, you know, like a child star or something that was like, oh, yeah, she was in the sitcom or something and then she did this movie. Or I don't know. But they did what every other She's Not Beautiful movie does. They got somebody who's actually really beautiful and naturally beautiful. Who? Sissy Spacey? Yeah. Yeah, she kind of looked she was alienish cute. sometimes. You, okay, but that She's might gotta... be just the makeup and the fact <laughs> that they made her, you know, wear these outfits that made her long and... I don't know. I just think her face sometimes, she looks like a space alien. Maybe because they didn't do her makeup for camera, (laughs) and then she looks like she has no eyebrows. Yeah, there's something up with her face. I don't know. Um, It's it's because we're used to seeing, you know, TV beautiful, right? And so all they did was they didn't make her up. And in fact... Sissy Spacek mentioned, I think in something I read that she didn't even start, she wasn't even washing her hair in order to be, have it be that stringy and nasty. Um, All of the things that would have uh, been done to any woman on TV wasn't done to her. So she didn't pop, she didn't look the normal standard of the, the standard of beauty. She didn't adhere to it. So, well, they were also wanting to make the contrast between her and the other school girls, which were supposedly quote unquote normal and yeah, you know. and you definitely see them a lot more in the remake than you do in the original. The other friends, and the, the no, other girls? the uh, the contrast. Oh, the contrast. The contrast. Yeah, they they try to develop the characters a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, but in the original, so the movie starts. So the movie starts like this. Right, it starts with a bloody mess. Right, but also boobs, boobs, yeah. and more boobs. Right, a lot so of which is a little unsettling because they're these teenage girls in high school and they're supposed to be teenage girls and i think they were all like in their 20s but right i mean we know as as in order to make the movie for legal purposes we know they're all of age but essentially they're playing high school girls actually um hit girl in the remake was not over 18 well she didn't get which is why she didn't get nude right yeah well Either way, they were in this original one, yes, that's where they start off with. I'm saying the concept of it is is at the time because we grew up through those, those ages. So I guess if anything, it was the age we were when we were young going into puberty and things like that. Looking back at it now as an adult, you have to think like, okay, like, well, <laughs> yeah. But it's portraying, I guess, art in a sense and you have to look at it like that. We're going into a period of this period a period no pun intended <laughs> of, of, of someone's life but um when they go through some crazy changes and all that and they're just capturing that moment uh, yeah yeah well so if you can imagine somebody um going through a huge like I, I don't know guys go through their own thing but women go through their own thing too I, as i was i was a little girl and i 
got my period a lot before, a lot younger. You're getting uncomfortable, but I, women bleed from their no, orifices. No, I know. I just found this out while watching this movie. <laughs> <laughs> I'm this is the first mother. time I ever knew this. <laughs> I'm calling social services. Like. <laughs> women, uh, so I, I, I got my period in like the worst place ever. My For the first time ever, I was nine years old. That's when you first got That's it? That's when I first got my period. Really? And my mother had taken my brother and I to Catalina Islands. Is Meaning that, that big? It's that big island off the coast. <laughs> and you take a boat and you take a boat across. Yeah. And then what we did is we stayed there. We stayed there overnight one night. And was this just like a vacation trip? Just a weekend thing? trip. Yeah. Just a weekend trip. And um, I was wearing white shorts. <sighs> and I kept feeling not great. But, um, you know, I went to the bathroom. I'm like, oh, my God. I got my period. But and, did you even know what a period yes, was at because that time? I went to public school. Also, um, you know, we lived in a one-bedroom apartment for a very long time. Growing up, we lived in a one-bedroom apartment. There were 10 of us. You learn things when just, you're in such confined yeah, quarters. I guess. I think so, in some of my uh, upbringings or people that I've known in my family, it's all they're the Indian part of it, anyways. Mm-hmm. Their subculture, they're very like private people. Well, they just, uh, I think we, well, no, I don't. I, so my problem is that when my family immigrated to the United States, assimilation took away a lot of our culture, mm-hmm. but also, but also because of the, I guess, the poverty level where we were um, made us have to adapt in certain ways. And so 10 people in a, in a one bedroom apartment, one bedroom, like little house, um, you weren't going to get any privacy. Yeah. Um, but I remember getting my period, telling my mother I'm on my period and her telling me it's just dirt. Don't worry about it. It's just dirt. And then continue to walk al- around the island for the rest of the day in white shorts. With no pad or anything. Well. And that's how I got my first period. <laughs> so so you already knew what a period was. You, this, well, at yeah, nine years so, old, you were already aware that, okay, this is something that women go through mm-hmm. on a monthly basis and it's going to yeah. happen to me at some point. So now it happens and you're looking to your mom for like some sort of like advice. Like, what do we do here? I'm just saying I kind of relate to Carrie. <laughs> yeah, I, I can see. I can see. I mean, essentially your mom was like just deal with it deal but, with it ho but that's <laughs> but also nasty because now you're walking around me. with a kid with blood on themselves she also, well you don't gush like okay normally you don't gush like carrie did i know it looked like a, a, a murder scene i mean okay. okay generally speaking you get about four tablespoons uh worth of period blood okay we're probably not gonna want to continue the details of this segment just so for sake of keeping our <laughs> listeners just you are such a dude <laughs> let's just go ahead and move on and say yeah she got her period and you know was... women poop too right <laughs> so anyway uh, i can relate is what i'm saying and i can understand how scared she must have been to just suddenly be bleeding um so she's in the locker room she's showering in the locker room and she starts her period she doesn't know what to do so she goes out looking for help and right. said she gets these asshole ass girls who start throwing tampons at her telling her to plug it up yeah and that that's that's so traumatic yeah it's it's a crazy scene because she thinks she's dying or something yeah and, and they're, they're throwing li- shit at literally her. throwing shit at her and laughing and so do you remember in i, I want to just like kind of bounce a little bit around with uh, both of them but in the um remake 
the lady who plays the uh, coach or whatever you want to call it, she slaps the shit out of her when and she's in the uh, water scene. You mm-hmm. know, like she's like to wake her up. She's like fucking snap out of it, whap, and mm-hmm. slaps her in the face. Did that happen in the? I don't think that happened. I don't in think the that original. happened in the. I, I don't remember. Honestly, I, don't remember I watched these three movies back to back, and I'm kind of. Yeah, I don't think it did. <laughs> I'm on a period was... <laughs> overload. <laughs> but yeah, I was because I thought that was kind of funny that she just slapped the hell out of her. To make well, her so it was the seventies. Um, schools were a lot different back then. Oh, you know what? I just remembered something. Yes. They there was a slap in the original one, but it wasn't to Carrie, and it wasn't the. It was still the coach, but it was to the other girl who to the bully. Yeah, the bully. Yeah, she does. Chris, the, yeah, I think yeah, her name yeah. is Chris. So here's the other thing. I went to three different middle schools in two years. Not in any of those middle schools, nor in my high school, did anybody take a shower in the locker room. I know, me too. (laughs) I don't know. I mean, other than like probably the football, basketball teams or like, you know, the sports teams that schools have. Like, I don't ever remember anybody using a shower during any course of PE class. I remember there were showers there. Yeah, yeah, of course. And we would use it to, well, not we because I was weird, but the other girls would use it to wet their hair. So it had that moist look for when you didn't want it crunchy. Right, okay. (laughs) See, what I can remember is that you had a little bit of time to get back in change and then get to your next class. Like we didn't have shit ton of time. So what I remember is they would end PE, you'd get... I don't know, enough time to go back to the locker room, change, put on some deodorant, you know, and then grab your shit and just go. And then you're, yeah. you know. I can guarantee you my kids don't shower at school. Yeah. It's just a weird thing. I, I've never known it to be um, popular in and, our culture, yeah. like in our time frame of our culture, I'm saying. Because well, it must have been the way they did it in the earlier days. That's why they have all the showers. And again, that was a, this is a 76. So they're like, this is still something that people do. They shower at school. Josie's in here? Probably. But you get what I'm saying? Yeah, like, in no, their time, it must have still been relevant for people to right, be showering. Right, because there were still showers there. They just didn't use them. Right, I know. Um, That said, even when we were changing... I mean, it's an awkward stage in your life, and and some of you, some some are developing, some are not, some some are confident, some are not. So, dude, that's when you learn the magic of putting on clothes without taking off all of your other clothes. You know, you take off your shirt, and then you kind of loop loop one through the other, so you don't have to be shirtless. Yeah. You know, same with pants. Like you were put your change your shirt first, so that you the long shirt goes on and then you can put your pants on this is um uh the part of the movie where it's basically just a, a boy's fantasy where we want to assume that girls we want to assume that all the girls are walking around topless and naked and they're just having a good time throwing like clothes at each other and shit like that yeah i mean i can tell you <laughs> i've had a lot of fun with women in similar scenarios where you're just not clothed and having fun but it wasn't when I was a child, and it definitely wasn't when I was in school. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? Uh, it's, it's just again, like, but it's. I mean, it doesn't it distract like, from it. It it really it puts automatically, people in the seats. I yeah, guess. <laughs> it automatically captures you because you're like, whoa, <laughs> chicks, blood. Wait, there's more chicks. Yeah. I kind of understand that, um, but nevertheless. Well. Okay, one thing I wanted to quickly mention while we're talking about this scene in the original, like this is like um, an epic, like, I don't know, it's a movie moment where there's music playing, like Brian De Palma made it like 
It was an opening for sure. Yeah, you know, it was like, you know, it wasn't just like, bam, bam, we're into this movie. You know, there's this whole like long musical score playing and it's slow-mo and this and that. And like she's dropping the, you know, whatever. The whatever? The the what? I think she drops the soap. At least, I don't know. I I can't remember entirely. But the water's all in slow-mo. And it's just, it's one of those things where I guess like, you know, that's it's the filmmaking an experience. Part it. It's definitely a really good opening and it does capture you and you're like, oh, fuck. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So actually that is the opening scene. It's Carrie is in a locker room with all these other women who are, all these other girls, teenagers that are naked. Mm-hmm. And I'm talking about but Bush makes an appearance. Yeah. And uh, multiple times. <laughs> There's a lot of Bush cameos here. Um, Gavin Rossdale. Everywhere, all over the place. <laughs> um, couple of, couple of, I wanted to say uh, H. Herbert Walker's in there. <laughs> Herbert Walker. Herbert Walker Bush, isn't that? Uh, oh, I guess that's Papa so. Bush. <laughs> Papa Bush. I mean, the timing probably would be better because he's old, or he was old. He was he was at that age, at that age, right? I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, don't know. so. We'll cut that joke. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. I thought it was funny. You I didn't just, get it. Yeah, it went over your head. But so I'm like, what are you saying to Herbert me, right? Walkers. You know why? Because I'm thinking of the other movie we were watching the other night. Um, the Orphan? No. Um, with the reanimator guy. Oh, Castle Freak. Yeah, Castle Freak. And I'm like, Herbert. And I, I immediately think Herbert because he... Was in reanimator. Was Herbert? Oh, that. Oh, yeah. was that his name, Herbert? Yeah, I thought so. No, I don't know. Anyway, we can't so remember Carrie now. is in the shower and she gets her period. The girls make fun of her when she's just trying to get help. The PE teacher comes over and kind of tries to diffuse the situation, sends the girls away, um, and and takes Carrie and kind of takes care of her a little bit. Yeah. They then we meet. We are introduced to the principal who is. A fantastic douchebag. He won't say her name right. Her name is Cassie in his mind. Her name's actually Carrie. Right. Um, he refuses to even mention the word period. It's natural. Anything. Anytime they are trying to talk about it, he dismisses it and says, get that out of my my out of my office. Yeah, he like, reminded he's me afraid of afraid of a woman having natural biological things come up. He reminded me of the town mayor who's like up for election and doesn't want to get like in the in the hot seat for anything. Oh, he the principal. Yeah, the principal that's... is like the, the the mayor in Jaws. Yeah, so yeah, exactly <laughs> like that. Yeah, yep. Um, that's what well, I got out of it. So eventually, they say, "Well, that's where we learn that um, they can't do anything about it because of the religious upbringing." Carrie's. Right. So they're not and we also to, and that makes sense because of the fact that when you're in school at, in fifth grade or whatever. You have to get a parent's note to allow you to be able to t- go in and watch the the video where they where you learn about your period and you learn about um, contraceptives and you learn about body changing and stuff. So if if her religious upbringing didn't allow her mother to sign that slip, they're not allowed to say anything. Right, and that's where I think in this um, that's the first time you're getting in this movie anyways, the idea that she has this religious mother. Right. Because we haven't met the mother yet. Right. Um, but they do they do say, oh, didn't your mom tell you about this or something yeah, like that? Yeah, and obviously, no. Right. So Carrie gets home. Um, we, we're introduced to the mother, Margaret White, who is 
this amazingly poofied-haired, like, super religious, like, you can see her coming and, and, and to you and saying, you're going straight to hell unless you give me $10. <laughs> <laughs> I, th- I don't know about, I do feel like she's the lady on the block who like went and told my, my mom that I was throwing rocks in their pool. Were you? Yeah. Well, you're an asshole. Why were you doing that? <laughs> <laughs> Cause she was that lady in the neighborhood. So all the kids would do it. Don't you see that she has a daughter that has telekinesis and she's just trying to save you? <laughs> you can tell definitely she's got that demeanor to her. Well, but. so here's what we find out about. Okay, so Carrie's mom is uh, overbearing. She doesn't want to. She thinks that it's Carrie's fault that she got her period, meaning she sinned. And that was um, the period was brought on because she was having lustful thoughts. Yeah. So do you think the mom is psycho at this time? Just think, by meeting her? I think the mom is part of a super fundamentalist uh, group. And she's been brainwashed, much like many cult members. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and I think she's scared. Because you were talking about the 70s. There were two things that happened in the 70s, aside from serial killers, that were significant. It was the second wave of feminism. And women coming into their own power and demanding that we be treated not better, not worse, but equally. Okay. And there were a lot of struggles because men were having a hard time having to legally recognize women as equals. So there was that happening. But also the 70s was a very, there was a significant rise in Christian fundamentalism. And that is like the strictly devout, like very, very religious, um, very, like almost cult-like uh, following the Bible literally, like by the book. Mm-hmm. Um, and so all of those thoughts were coming up. And so it was, I, I think I wrote it down. Um, it's funny how you were saying that. I was thinking nowadays we just go, oh, grandpa. <laughs> <laughs> I don't say that because I watched Texas Chainsaw Massacre too, way too many times. Um, I wrote down, there was, it said, okay, yeah, so 1976 specifically was called the year of the evangelical oh, because really? it was happening so significantly. And that was the year of this movie. Was yeah. Made. So we're talking about that same, those, those, those same dynamics as women coming into their power, the church. I don't care who gets mad at me. The church is always going to try to subdue the power of women. And those that that duality and that conflict affects people greatly in this time frame. Mm-hmm. You see a lot of serial killers. You see, you know, Mommy Dearest and you see Carrie's mom. Yeah, <laughs> you know, people same. struggling with, I, I know that I can do this. I know that I deserve being treated equally. But how do I reconcile that with what my church says that I... Basically, I'm just here to serve a man, right? So all of those things would lead to Carrie's mom, who obviously already has some of those um, cult-like tendencies, and I'll I'll get to that in a second, um, along with that inner turmoil and the fact that she kind of has had a rough kind of life since becoming a single mother, Mm -hmm. let's say. Yeah. So we find that Carrie's mom... Um, locks her in, in the closet. In the closet. That's, that to me and let me tell you, was... somebody who was in the closet for a very long time, <laughs> that sucks. That, that feels like 
it's fucked up. Like it's Mm -hmm. when that happens, like, and she gets put in there and locked and the lights turned off and everything. It just feels like some sort of like, it's torture. It's not a consequence. It's punishment. Yeah. It's, it's fucked up. Like to, for any parent to do that to their child, that's like a little like. That's abusive. I get if you want to be religious. I get if you want to follow somebody else's rules and you want somebody else to tell you how you should be fine. Do what you want, but don't ruin and break your children yeah now with that being said with that being said i don't have kids and there's quite a few of them that i'd like to put in a closet (laughs) my kids no because my kids will fuck you up yeah no i'm just saying there's a bunch of kids out there in general that just deserve a fucking little bit of closet time (laughs) since the move we no longer have the murder kids around so that's lovely but those murder kids needed some closet time no i'm just kidding don't put your fucking kids in a closet (laughs) What was the movie yesterday? Pass the fucking potatoes. Pass the fucking potatoes. Yeah. <laughs> but there's um, if you're gonna if you're gonna try to get your children to be religious, fine, whatever. Don't do it in an abusive manner. I don't use religion as punishment. I think a big reason, aside from I don't want to be part of a religion that throws people away when they don't agree with you. Like when I came out, and my family was like, no, um. I, I, that's when I was like, I don't want to be part of a religion who's going to not want me as part of their religion because they don't agree with me. Right, sure. I, you know, this is just natural to me. But before all of that, I used to ditch six period to be able to go to work early because I've always been a workaholic. I know. That sounds so crazy to me. Like who and how and what? But I mean, I guess different. Where so, I was at, nobody could ditch school to go work early if you were like, well, how old? 16. 16, yeah. That that wasn't happening. So we, we might have ditched school, but we weren't going to work, and we couldn't have worked. By, I mean, you probably could have got well, an under-the-table job my somewhere. my signature on the work permit, so I started working. Okay. And she knew I started working because I told her I forged it after I, ha- I got the I job. I guess it's been long enough that uh, – or yeah. allegedly. I allegedly. <laughs> <laughs> All this is allegedly. Um, but she um, – so I got caught because I didn't have a backup plan, and now I, now I know backup plan. Um, I didn't have a backup plan. Um, and so I got caught and then I was given detention. Detention. Oh, wait, you were given detention from school. From school for ditching six period for leaving six period to go to work. Okay, Right. Cause work, which is said, oh, well, you're fired. Right. But I mean, they, they, uh, that was a place where. What job was this? I used to make smoothies. Oh, this was the aerobics place. (laughs) Yeah. Wow. So <laughs> that's funny. I used to make smoothies. I used to wear a little hat, a little apron. I used to be like, hi, would you like an immune booster? <laughs> <laughs> At 16 years old. Yeah. What? But you know what? Six months later, I was managing my own store. But wait a minute. Didn't they, couldn't you work there if you were 16 or you had to have parents? I permission? had a work permit. Right. Anyway. But either way, you're starting work before school's over. Right. So in my high school, we got out of school at 150. And really? Wow. Yeah, because we had block scheduling. Some people got out earlier. Some people didn't go to school on certain days because Actually, they didn't have all those classes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So well, I would, I, I we want. Were, I'm just trying to remember. I think we got out at the same time around that one fifty one. Yeah, two o'clock makes sense. Sorry. Go so ahead. I wanted to start work at two. I got off at one fifty, and it really was just up the street. But because the school's campus was so vast, and um, having to walk all the way over there, ten minutes wasn't going to cut it. So I would. Be like, I got to go to the bathroom, for, for example, and, and leave like at one thirty kind of thing. And then just not come back. 
<laughs> because I was like, I need to get this bread. <laughs> that little half an hour, you were just like, I'm out of here. I, I'd go get my shit from my locker and I'd walk to work. And then I'd clock in, be no problem. Um, and then after that, I had to tell my boss, can you schedule me for starting at 2.15? <laughs> and he was fine with it. But um, what was my point? Circle back. Okay. So, what was, oh, so the school punished me and gave me detention. And that was the first time I ever got detention. But the um, my mom punished me by, one, threatening, me to, threatening to send me to an all-girls boarding school in Honduras. One, we're not from Honduras. Two, uh, okay, sounds fun, <laughs> right? Because, you know, gay. And then, um, <laughs> because the gayness. And then um, she also punished, but instead she punished me by sending me to church every Friday with my godfather. That as sounds a punishment, pretty gay. <laughs> as a punishment. And if you, if you punish your children with something that you want them to really accept in their hearts, you're not going to say... I punish you. I'm going to give you carrots. They're not going to fucking want carrots. Same thing with religion. If you want your children to love the things that you're into, shed positive light on them. Don't be like, you're in trouble. You got to go to church now. So Carrie's mom saying, you were having lustful thoughts. You sinned. You have to go um, and pray for forgiveness. Like, that's a punishment. That's not a consequence. A consequence is... You know, if I if I tell my son, look, you had your dessert after lunch, you can't have it after dinner, that's a consequence, right? A plus B equals C. Yeah. A punishment is when you are not letting them see that there is that distinction and that their decision led to it. You know what I mean? It's 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 decision based. So that is fucked up. Fuck that one. Yeah, right. <laughs> we did find out. Oh, sorry, guys. We found out a little bit earlier that we forgot to mention, um, that we first see her ability to move things with her mo- uh, mind um, when that guy, the the douchebag um, principal? principal, kept calling her Cassie or whatever. Mm-hmm. Then she's like, it's Carrie or some shit. And she flips the uh, ashtray over, which yes. I thought was funny because that means they were still smoking in school. Well, yes, they were. Yeah, I know. Was he smoking before? I think he was. I think, I think he, he was. did have a cigarette. Yeah. But either way, the ashtray goes flying. And that's when we're, everybody's kind of like, whoa. Like, whoa, what happened? Something's, yeah. yeah. Yeah, in the in the mm. remake, she it, yeah. explodes like a water bottle, right. like a glass water right. bottle, which is sort yeah. of bullshit because those always are like you know the water bottles are usually those five gallon jugs that are That's plastic. Not, that, well, yeah, usually, but there are a lot Some of glass fancy ones. ones. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I guess. Well, the idea is that the plastic is dangerous for you because it sits in the plastic bottles for so long. The glass is a little bit better because it doesn't. So that's the idea behind it. Sure. Everything's a give or take. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's very hard. We do find out that Carrie's mom, um, conceived. uh, So Carrie was conceived through marital rape. Well, this is the difference between the remake and the original and the original. They never say it was, she was raped. They basically say, yes, they did. They say almost word for word in the original and on the remake. They say... Really? Yes. Um, She says that they had sex that one time and then they swore never to do it again. And then they lay there perfectly happy for years without having to sin. And then one night he came home, like Carrie's dad came home uh, smelling like roadhouse whiskey. Specifically roadhouse whiskey. Uh And... She saw that the way that he looked at her, it it was going to be bad. So they sat and they prayed. But then he took it and put it in her. 
Okay. But then she says, I liked it. And then it. I liked it. Right. She says that in both the... In or, both, yeah. yeah. Okay, right, yeah. Okay, right. Then. So it, it didn't start off consensual, is what I'm saying. But we find out... And then she shares this with Carrie at, at the movie at some point. I think it's when she's going to prom or she's right, going yeah. back from prom. Oh, when she comes back from the prom. But um, it, it it's definitely one of those, holy shit, like, how can you... Right. How can you be in bed with somebody for years and, and not want to have intimate contact with them mm-hmm. i mean there's probably ask how like the majority of uh married america right now well right now it's a little different because of quarantine <laughs> right now or even before quarantine i mean that's just a, you know a lot of people that's what they say you know you get married and the fucking and the fucking the shit, stops <laughs> yeah the fucking stops fizzles and dies out yeah i guess so um does she does but she does tell Carrie one thing. She's and, and that's what I was alluding to earlier was after the blood the boys come, sniffing like dogs, grinning and slobbering, trying to find out where that smell is. And that's gross. That's, that's gross, yeah. <laughs> but so. that's how she is. She's she's part of the um as part of this sect in Christianity that believes in the um uh what is it? The curse of Eve. Oh right, right. Yeah. She's believing the curse of Eve, and um, and she says that Ralph is carried away by the devil, but he actually left for another woman, which we get in, we get to a little bit in in the rage too. So he, in the oh, rage so he left for he left her yeah. for another woman. Um, now here's here's the thing that curse of Eve is not referenced in um, in the Bible at all. It is something that I think was written in um. Not the Divine Comedy, but the other one. What was it? I don't know. You're... It was this old classical um, book that um, I think it was. Was it Chaucer? Uh, you know, like how they talk about the original sins or the, the, the deadly sins and mortal sins or whatever. Like those kind, kind of. of okay, so the Canterbury of, Tales, maybe. I don't remember. But they do reference it there. And, and that's where it's from. It's not actually in the Bible. It's just one of those. Oh, we hate women in our society. So let me write about hating women and how women fucked up the world kind of places. So that's what they subscribe to. Uh, but even then, the translation actually is that pain, what the cursive Eve is the pain, meaning the pain periods or whatever that she refers to, is actually meaning uh, childbirth, um, is referring to childbirth, and, the child, and that pain actually means sorrow. And the sorrow is just you give birth to your children and they grow and they leave. As opposed to the physical pain of giving birth, which is a bitch. The thing that I remembered in the um, remake is that the mom, Julia Moore, she was like also like, I don't know what the right word is, masochistic or whatever. They would, she would like poke herself with the sewing needle uh, cutters or whatever. Mm-hmm. And she, she seemed to inflict pain on herself. You know? In the so, remake, yeah. Yeah, which is, I think that's another, you know, there's... I don't understand any of that because I don't feel that way. But apparently, you know, there's some people, you know, like you see the, 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 the no, somebody in the, like the Christianity, whatever, like a Pope you or somebody like whipping themselves. Self-flagellation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. you see that in, uh, what's that Dan Brown book? The Da Vinci Code? Oh, right. Yeah. yeah like yeah. that guy straps that thing around his leg. The and he's Solis kinda, or yeah. whatever? It's just weird. I don't understand that, but, um, yeah. 
So yeah, but yeah. the mom in the remake, why I brought that up is because I do remember her specifically, like trying to hold back and poke herself, or she seemed to be self-inflicting, you know, on on uh, pain on herself. And I don't think they did that in the original so much. I think in the original there was a point where she kept hitting herself, and she says, oh, "Don't hurt yourself." Yes, there's, but that. it yeah. wasn't. But because in the original it didn't follow the mom, mm-hmm. and the remake did. Yeah, the maybe movie. we just didn't get to see that. Sure, sure, yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. So in the book, Carrie goes back. I mean, the book in the movie, Carrie goes back to school and she has to deal with harassment again. Um, at this point, the te- the the PE teacher, who is wanting to care for Carrie, um, also punish punishes the girls that were throwing tampons and pads at her. Yeah, yeah. And she punishes them by having them do like, like all this extra all workouts, this extra exercise, yeah. right? Like burpees and shit like that right and she says if you do not con- if you do not complete these you're not going to be able to go to prom right and she kind of guilt trips them and good because she's like what do you think poor carrie would have felt and the girls are just you know they're, they're like fuck okay we fucked up let's take this punishment i want to still go to prom meanwhile chris who is the the lead the, bully the lead bully yeah um so there's two that really are the most um the ones that are the focus one is Chris, who's the lead bully, mm-hmm. and then the other one is Sue. Susan? Sue. Sue. Right, Sue Snell. Yeah. Sue Snell, right. <laughs> and yeah. she's the she's the one that began throwing the tampons at Carrie, but she feel, um, started she, to feel bad because yeah. she started to feel guilty about it. Right. She has a change of heart, and she wants to try yeah. to make up for it, which really her her way of making up for it doesn't seem to really be it's the right way to do It's kind of prostitution. But, yeah. <laughs> but uh, so Chris will not do the exercise, and she's like, we – if we all stick together, she can't keep us yeah. all from going to prom. Uh, there was a part and of me that... That's when the teacher slapped her. <laughs> right. That's when the teacher slapped the shit out of her. And I thought that was funny because I was like, oh, damn. You know, you can't get away with that nowadays. Um, but also, I was going to say something. Um, shit, I lost you it. You were going to tell me second. about your thoughts on having them do extra exercises for the detention. Oh, yeah. No, the, the, not extra exercise. The p- one thing that... Chris, I think, says is like, why should I have to be whatever for just because this idiot didn't know Mm -hmm. that she got her period? It's like, part of me was kind of like, you know, she's not wrong. Like, fuck. But she's not right. You don't have to. Sure, she bullied. She she fuck up somebody's life. I know. Yeah, I get it. But you know, it's also like, don't Don't throw tampons at people. Well, there is, I think, a big change now in you know the way people are i think we've evolved a little bit more to be a little bit more civilized i guess is what i'm saying because i don't know we're not in school anymore but i feel like that there's a maybe a slight shift with the the your kids and the generation well, under. my kids are just awesome <laughs> i don't know it's just um yeah i think that there we we were fucking bad and the people before our parents were bad our grandparents were bad you know it's well, just so i i was bullied um but then after a while, I told you, right, like, I was called a wetback and didn't care, so nobody bullied me yeah, anymore. Yeah. And for the most part, I'm sure, like, people made fun of me, well, not made fun of me, but they commented on certain things because I very much dressed like a boy most of my um, high school years, except for what year was it that ODB's last album came out? Because that's when I wore my first pair of girl pants. 
I don't remember um, the years back then. But so like in the 90s, like late 90s, like I think maybe 98 or 99 or something like that. Okay. Or my first pair of girl pants. Um, people make fun of you for the stupidest fucking shit. Sure. And I can tell you're piece, very passionate about this. Yeah, because like I was very upset. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can tell. You're like still holding on to it. Like, yeah, oh. well, that part was it, it, it was it very it was very hurtful yeah. because even even in approaching other people when I was a kid, it was um, I always felt that sadness for them. You know, I always felt like I have to be that person's friend. There was a time that people thought I was a slut because I, I saw that somebody was like by themselves and I felt bad for them. So I'd go and I'd be friends with them and I'd feel bad and I'd make my friends come and be friends with them, too. And then oh, like a like a random loser that was like by, hanging out by themselves. Yeah, because people like it was it was very very like it's clicky. Like clicky. I was and so say. I was like, well, you know, why I would feel bad for people. In fact, there was this one guy who had a lot of friends, but everybody talked shit about him because he was poor also. And so we used to have him come to the house all the time. He had Thanksgiving with us sometimes, um, and it was okay. because. I honestly, I didn't even like him as a person. I just was, I felt bad for him. Well, I don't know. That's a different part of you that, I mean, it's some part of you that's different than me because I don't know. I've never ran randomly invite some person that I felt bad for to Thanksgiving. I, I guess that's the meaning of it. That's what you should do. But not everybody's out there doing that. At least I'm not. And Well, I felt bad and... I don't know. Maybe I should. Maybe next this coming Thanksgiving, I'll invite a random stranger over. But <laughs> no, I knew this person from school. It wasn't a stranger. I don't know. Yeah, I got you. But it's 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 nice of you. That's really is, nice of you. My point is, I knew what it felt like, so I didn't want other people to feel that way. In fact, I was in a relationship because I felt bad saying no to somebody. That's, I'll you tell you that story that. at some uh, point. Yeah, you it was. Do it's that, actually though. a crazy story, full of mystery death and deceit was really scary and sad <laughs> and it's a true story it's fucked up really it's a really fucked up story are you gonna tell it now no okay all right well, <laughs> i think i have to work my way up to that we'll one. circle back to that then. but um but what i'm saying is people make fun of you for fucked up shit and you have control over yeah, it yeah i was but made fun because, of in school all the time yeah yeah, I was because I was uh, a havesies. <laughs> I was I didn't fit in with any real clique, and I also was like late to bloom, I guess you could say. So I didn't hit my my growth spurt for a while. So I looked like a middle school kid in high school, and people just that was easy target. I was like the small, tiny guy, you know. Like at the same point, I was trying to try out for the basketball team, and I had these big dreams of being like something larger than life. And they all just went and failed, you know, um, one by one. And it was just hard to like stand up, you know, like some people develop what they call small man's disease, short people's complex, whatever. I didn't I wasn't confrontational like that. I just was more introverted and an artist, I guess. So I just kind of like moved away from yeah. from it all. But there was a part of like first two years of high school for sure. Where and even the last two years, because I was still like late, I was I was more rebellious the last two years and ready to fucking do some bad shit just because I had all this anger built up from it. Mm. Um, but the first two years, I just felt like I was being like everybody thought I was like a really super smart, nerdy, like middle school kid that was like leaving middle school because he 
was in high school. And oh. <laughs> yeah, like, you know what I mean? That's and, interesting. And, like, none of the girls, like, looked at me in a way where they were attracted to me because all I looked like was, like, a the little, little kid. kid mm-hmm. like, And they would give me the, oh, he's so cute, look, he's like a little kid or whatever. But, like, it wasn't like I could get with the ladies it's back so then. That's so cute. <laughs> <laughs> it was fucked up. It was like. Yeah, I'm glad you couldn't get with the ladies, so you say, because <laughs> that's criminal. <laughs> I mean, it was just one of those things where mentally eats on you, especially at yeah. that age. You're trying to be like, you know, you're seeing everybody else, like, growing up and being, you know growing into their skin and you're like you can't do anything about it because you know you just still look like you're this tiny little kid you know um and and that time especially you know how it is like people are wanting to get out of like you don't there's it's okay when you're in like elementary school and you're like oh girls cooties right but Mm -hmm. as soon as you hit high school and you're like oh girls everybody's like what the fuck is wrong with you and especially then they'd be like oh what are you gay and then Mm -hmm. that's not even cool at that time you know so because you obviously went through that and and know what that's like but i'm just saying it it's tough because you're still feeling the effects of it, even though, you know, you you can't do anything about it and yeah. you just have to like move on with it. So, um, you know, yeah, getting bullied sucks. It's not a cool thing. And hopefully, you know, um, you know, my, my, my daughter was bullied. My son probably is too, but, um, he's not able to comprehend that he is or, or is being bullied sure. um, or there's a girl that ha- likes him and he thinks she's bullying him, but really that's she his version of him. bullying. Yeah. yeah. But my, my daughter was bullied in middle school um, by this girl who was what, her best friend at one point, but then Isabel got a boyfriend and the other girl didn't. Yeah. But so the, it's a lot of jealousy. And yeah. actually in Carrie, in the remake, we find out that, um, Chris is really just super, well, I'll, I'll, I'll get to it in a second, but she's just super jealous of Carrie. So I find that that happens a lot. There's picking on somebody because they're different, but then also picking on somebody because there's jealousy. Right. Yeah. Um, just move forward. Carrie has to deal with that. Sue, Sue decides I fucked up. Let me, let me be nicer to her. Kind of like I was, I, I, I did that once. Um, you know that guy that I told him to take a shower that I mentioned in previous oh, right. episodes? Yeah. He actually yeah. became my friend. <laughs> yeah. She she basically says, you know what? I got to make up for this. This yeah. is bad. I understand. It's, and so she's trying to figure out what she can do that will be good. Yeah. Which, so she decides to pimp out her boyfriend. Right. Yeah. Which <laughs> And see, I don't even really get like I, I understand like, okay, for the night, for the moment – She's going to have a prom date. But the thing is, I feel like that, and I can't remember, maybe it was the original, maybe it was the remake. There was part of it where I definitely felt like it wasn't that clear. Like, she was still kind of looking at him like, hey, maybe, like, you know, what, what do you, where do you I, think I this is going? I don't think that. And I think that just might be the male-female dynamics, right? I don't You think that, that she'd be okay with just one good, like, Cinderella night? And I then think goes, so. Because... I, I, I have had experiences where guys think that you're into them just because you're polite. Same thing. I think she was just... So, okay, so let, let, let's rewind a little bit. Uh, Sue asks her boyfriend, Tommy, to take Carrie to prom. Even though the same PE teacher tries to get involved and say, hey, don't fuck with her, they're yeah. like, I promise, we're not fucking with her. So Tommy decides he's going to take um, Carrie uh, to prom. It's decided they're going to prom. Mm-hmm. Um 
And at first she's super hesitant and she's like, stop trying to pick on me. What the fuck, bro? Um, and all of this is happening at the same time. She's discovering and building on her telekinetic powers. She's been doing some uh, research in the library. Yeah. And that's uh, where Tommy finds her. Yeah. And Uh so, and so she, he like even goes to her house and says, I am not leaving until you tell me yes. So he forces his way into a date. Yeah. She says yes because her mom is at home. Yeah. And she's like, you need to get the... F- I'll say yes, go. There leave. was a little bit of a difference between the remake and the original in this part that I remembered. Mm-hmm. Um, in the original, Tommy shows up to the door and she answers it and is like, what the hell are you doing here? Mm-hmm. And her mom's already inside. In the remake, she's walking home from school mm-hmm. and Tommy's outside the house. Right. And then she's talking to her him in the uh, front yard. And then there's a car or two or three that drive by. And I think one of them is supposed to be implied that that could have been the mother's car. But maybe not. I don't know. I, don't, she I, didn't, I didn't get that. But I do, I do feel like she, Carrie was... She's not stupid. She's very much aware. She even mentions you're with Sue. Mm-hmm. She's like, yeah, but she doesn't want to go to prom is what he says. Right. So I think that she understands that it's a one night thing. Let's just have a good night, you know? And I, although I do feel like maybe Tommy had some feelings kind of developing as far as maybe a friendship, but um, definitely it was a prom. So Carrie, having accepted the date for the prom, uh, decides that she's going, she gets excited about it. She tells her mother. Her mother says no. Nope. She's like, no, bitch. You this are is the way going. it is. Uh, th- this is what boys do. This is the problem. And um, she tells her she can't go. Carrie's like, bitch, I'm telekinetic. Watch me do this. Mm-hmm. And she makes her own dress. And she gets excited. She goes to prom. Yeah, she makes her Meanwhile, own dress. Chris, Okay. Sorry, go ahead. No, I was going to say she makes her own dress in both the original and the remake, and that's it's pretty cool uh, yeah. because, uh, you know, it's one of those – well, we know a little bit more in the remake that the mom is like some sort of a seamstress yeah. and does repairs and stuff or alters mm-hmm. clothing at a store or dry cleaner or something like mm-hmm. that. Um, but there is a, something in the first one too where you get this – there's a lot of like sewing machines yeah. around the house and whatever. So And she's obviously a homebody, so, you know, she must obviously know how to – I thought it was funny that in both cases the dresses were very well, revealing. Right, yeah. yeah. And that's not the, a problem, but I'm saying from coming from the you could see that they're wanting to rebel and be a little different than what they're, you know. Uh, right, but the funny thing is that when she has um like she covers up like neck to feet. And so being a girl that has been super covered up and then automatically and then suddenly wearing girl clothes, you're very uncomfortable. Yeah. You're very uncomfortable. Um, even though you may have that confidence, you still feel like you're missing something that cover up. Sure. And albeit she does have a, a, a shawl that she uses. I don't see how from one day of being dressed like a Quaker and then the next day being dressed like a disco queen how that would happen without it being super uncomfortable. Oh, sure. Of course. Yeah, right. she's never done that before. Right. She's never gone so, around like but, that. But um, at the same time, while all of this is happening, Chris, who is dating John Travolta. Oh, right. Yeah. I mean, that's so funny <laughs> when we get these big-time actors in these older horror movies. But, yeah, John Travolta, and he's a scumbag in this movie. <laughs> he is. He's like... Wait, but... Chris is the evil one out of the both of them in of this movie, in this version. Yeah. She's the more evil one. She's the one that's really being like 
the villain. Of course, yeah. And 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 John Travolta's character, I don't know his name. We'll call him John Travolta. No, it's um, um it's uh oh, Bill Billy? Billy something. Loomis? No, Bill. <laughs> Billy something, I think. Billy, Billy something. Yeah. Uh so John Travolta, he's like he is a scumbag. Mm-hmm. Ugh, he he looks like he smells bad too. Smells like cigarettes and like, beer, but like stupid. pee. He slaps her in the face and shit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And she definitely uses uh Chris definitely uses sex to get him to do what he, she what he what she wants because he maybe is a little bit dumb and he um falls into having to do whatever she says and she knows that she has that power over him. Yeah. Because believe it or not some women do use sex as power and that's okay. They have this um like they cool, happen to like, do that. car scene when they when we meet John Travolta where he's driving the cool muscle car it's like a cruising scene uh-huh. where they're going down the street and then you got the one car pulls up and it's like full of chicks and then the other car pulls up no the first car that pulls up is like his buddies mm-hmm. and they're like, like yeah, going to the party go. yeah. yeah and he's like no I can't and he's go. like throw me a beer throw me a beer yeah and next thing you know he's got the beer in his hand uh then the car full of chicks pulls up and he's like woohoo you know and drinking his beer and then right behind them it's the cops and he's like oh shit and he like tosses the beer down or whatever yeah well, that's why she calls him stupid. Yeah, he's fuck you. I told you so not to call me that. They decide that they're going to get revenge on Carrie. Mm-hmm. Oh right. Well, she decides. They sort of are like, well, I don't know. What whatever. He does I'll whatever do. she says. Yeah. I'll so do. she decides she wants to get revenge on Carrie. They decide to go into a slaughterhouse. Yeah. And drain a pig of its blood, and put that on the stage. Yes. To soak Carrie in because they're going to fix it so that she wins prom queen since Chris can't go to prom anymore yeah this is um funny because the idea of getting pig's blood at a pig's farm again in 1976 and i don't know wherever this movie was taking place in probably seemed like a little if it's Stephen king wouldn't it have been maine (laughs) oh right i don't know if this was in maine but uh, it just seems like something that, you know, that's probably where you'd get your, your, your blood, you know, like, like, I don't know how many seniors or whatever nowadays would be like, let's go get like only ones out in the, in the boondocks. In Florida. <laughs> yeah. Probably some Floridians. Yeah. But it just seems like, oh, let's go get, kill some pigs and get their blood in the remake. I think they t- touched on that a little bit by making the guy eventually like not have the balls to do it the first time around. Well, so like one of the friends but that's what saying, I'm the saying. same thing happened like so a bunch of them went to go kill a pig and get its blood oh wait so he oh, right because was Travolta, Travolta's the one who did it yeah. right it was in a vat of blood it was they had to kill a pig right right and in the in the in the original Travolta had to do it okay but then okay yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't know. I, I guess so, I'm, I'm trying to compare the two. And I, I, when I was watching the remake, I kept thinking like, oh, that was a little bit of a diff similarity or a difference. Mm-hmm. And I thought for some reason they the guy didn't um, punk out as much in the original as he did in the remake. Right. In the remake, he really was like, oh, I can't do it. I can't do it. But I, I forgot. Anyways, it doesn't matter. The point is they kill a pig, they get its blood, and they're taking this back to the um, – prom to set up to uh hide the canister so they can pull off this prank right so they fix it so that carrie and tommy win prom king and queen right right um but again carrie's mom doesn't want her to go so before leaving the house carrie has to lock her mom in the closet you know, Th- this is the this is another thing I, c- I can remember this part clearly in the remake. She locks her in the closet. 
Oh, in so the original, she, she does not. Oh, in the original, you're right. here I remember exactly how it plays out. In the original, she tells her to sit she, there. Yeah, sit down or something, and she pushes her down on the bed or whatever, and then she does it a second time, and she's like, "No, stay there," and she goes until out. I leave. And, yeah, yeah, until I leave, and then she goes out and meets uh, Tom. What's his name? Tommy. Tommy. Yeah. So in the remake, she gets, and then I had a little issue with this scene, and I'll tell you why here in a second. In the remake, she gets really physical with her mom and lifts her in the air and puts her mom in the closet. That's what it is. And okay. she, like, uses her mind to slam her in the closet, slams the door closed, closes the latch, but then Welds she it. turns into an Pyrokinetic. Ex- she becomes Drew Barrymore in Firestarter. But that's what I'm saying. That's, like, a whole... That's... What? Because telekinesis well, is moving things. shit with your mind. Yeah, but... So in the remake, there are a lot more than telekinetic powers that she has because she messes with electricity. She does um, py- what uh, pyrotech- py- py- pyrokinesis, but, um, and so she does all those things. So you're right. There's definitely. They upgraded else. her in, they, in the remake yeah, a little bit. Yeah, she leveled up because I was bit. like, wait a minute. And now she's able to heat up metal and and whatever. And but anyways, so the Although mom gets one locked could in the closet. Argue Similarly to, I don't know if you've seen The Last Airbender, the series, no. um, there is a one character named Toph, and she's an earthbender, meaning tough. she, tough, like tough, tough, tough. Um, but tough, and she's, but she, and she's blind, so she only does things with, with hearing and her other senses, but anyway, she can move earth, right, um, but she discovers that metal is composed of a bunch of different earth elements, so she's able to become a metal bender. Oh, right? okay. So maybe there's something like that. Anyway, maybe. it's one of the best animated series, one of the best animated series ever. So they they get to prom. Right. They're having a lovely time. Mm-hmm. She, you can feel the happiness coming out of her. Yeah. Like Sissy Spacek did a really good job with Carrie. You can feel like her heart getting bigger and you feel all warm and fuzzies because you know, you know, something's fucked up. It's going to happen. You know, what's going to happen. You, you, right. you still feel happy for her though, because she's, 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 she's dancing. She's having fun. Tommy is being super respectful. Yeah, he like is. Like, she's being a gentleman. And mm-hmm. I'm like, that is refreshing like a motherfucker, right? Yeah. Sue is at home and she's, you know, like, just happy that things are happening there for her. Um, she decides, but Sue decides at one point she's going to go and sneak in just to see, just to check things out. And that's when, um, that's when everybody is there. They're announcing prom king and queen and... Carrie and Tommy get called. They go up to the stage. Sue has has snuck into the auditorium uh, to watch the coronation. And she sees that there's this rope being tugged. Yeah. And it is Chris and John Travolta under the stage holding the rope, ready to pull it to mm-hmm. dump the blood on Carrie. Right. Um, what I was going to say is this movie, it gives you this everything. Like there's nothing that's um, – uh, surprising us yet because we're we're aware of everything. It's yeah. not like a it's like who's the murderer kind of thing. It's not you know what I mean? Right. So like <laughs> it, so in other words, we don't know what the surprise factor is yet because we're like, okay, this movie's been completely transparent the whole time. Mm-hmm. We know that they're under the stage. We know that the pig blood's there. Like we know that she doesn't know, but like you know what I mean. And we know that uh, Sue is like we know everything. And but what we don't know is what's going to happen. 
in the, in the yes, unless obviously you've seen it before. But my point is, yeah. that's where when you're watching the movie the first time, I think that's what's the blow away factor is that final scene. Like you're like, whoa, what the fuck just happened here? So Chris pulls the cord. Yes. The blood topples onto Carrie. Yes. The bucket falls and hits Tommy Tommy's on the head, head and he yeah. gets knocked out. He gets knocked out. I think he even dies. Yeah. Carrie, then, because her mother said in her mind, one of the last things that she told her was, They're all, all going to laugh at you. <laughs> They're all going to laugh at you. You do that voice so well. I, You know what? <laughs> so, okay. There's an the very first time I ever heard Adam Sandler's like tape. It was called "They're All Gonna Laugh at You," and he had a like whole thing on it. I that. wonder if he got his period. I don't. Yeah, I don't know. I'm like, because when I heard it this time, I was like, oh, this is from Carrie. So Adam <laughs> Sandler probably was taking a little bit of like a you know whatever a note to Carrie in his comedy sketch cassette from album whatever you want to call it but in my head i always knew that they're all gonna laugh at you from adam sandler Mm. and when i watched carrie this time and i heard that i was like oh shit that's the thing (laughs) and so yes i can do they're all gonna laugh at you pretty good (laughs) well carrie so because of that and you know kind of like self-fulfilling prophecies you know like i say this enough times therefore this is gonna happen they all laughed at her, but only in her mind because um, she saw people kind of like, oh, my gosh. And she, and she automatically thought that everybody was laughing at her. Well, I don't think everybody was laughing at her. She not only thought that they were laughing at her, she also even thought that she was set up by Tommy and Sue. Like she believed that the whole world was against her. The teacher, everybody. Yeah. Everybody. So she said, fuck this shit. And she goes, scorched Berserk. earth Berserk. on the motherfuckers. She sets the gym or the auditorium like ablaze, like everything on fire, things so, thrown at people. Everybody just gets killed. So here's we go where we go back into the superpowers. In the first movie, they they do stick to just a true telekinesis because the fires start because her first initial move is to after closing all the doors is to get the fire hose and blowing mm-hmm. people away with a fire hose, which is mm-hmm. a very high pressure water. But there's also a point where the lights start crashing down yeah. and the water and the lights together create the fire. So she doesn't actually start fires. Right. But exactly. I think in the remake, I think. She, yeah. She, there's, there's a few things happening. Yeah, I don't know if she starts. The, I forgot now. But there definitely is like a few little upgraded skills she's right. got in the remake. So Carrie essentially kills everybody. Fucking everybody. She's right. like everybody. no remorse. Except for Sue. Because the teacher saw Sue was there and she thought, oh, she's going to fuck with her. I do like the idea of of, of fire um, being an, uh, a thing there because it's it's uncontrollable and and it's just uncontrollable, much like a woman. Right? Yeah. So. Um, yeah, for sure. So Carrie is like, holy shit. Um, Chris and John Travolta managed to escape. Sue has escaped because. The teacher threw her out thinking she was going to fuck with, yeah, with, with Carrie. Yeah, that's where we left off on yeah. actually was okay. Sue. Okay, great. So those, those three people for sure made it out. Mm-hmm. Sure. Carrie is like, fuck these fools. And she leaves. She's walking home. Chris and John Travolta see her and they're like, and Chris is like, I'm going to run her over. Yeah. I So go ahead and, and let, 
walk us through this scene because I have some stuff I want to comment on. All right. So in this scene, Carrie is walking home and uh, Chris sees her walking home. Meanwhile, um, uh, with uh, what's his face? What's his face? John Travolta in the, pa- in the passenger side yeah. um, of his best friend's bride. Anyway, uh, she sees her and she's like, I'm going to run this bitch over. And she's like actively like gunning for her. Carrie, all she does is turn and the car flips over, does this amazing kind of Steve McQueen kind of roll and then bursts into flames. Right. Yeah. Because everything catches on fire. Right. Um, And then Carrie proceeds to continue on her way home. Right. Now, that's how we left it. We assume that they died in the explosion. Chris and then Chris right, and yeah, John Travolta. Yeah, 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 yeah. So then uh, Carrie gets home. She cannot find her mother. So she bathes. Who the fuck takes a bath to get rid of pig's blood? You'd shower that shit away. Unless they didn't have a shower. So Bad. I guess that's fine. Yeah. Um, I don't understand why people take baths in the first place. You, but showers are good, right? Oh, you sure. Shower. Yeah, because you <laughs> the water goes off your body and down the drain. So a bath that you're always, just sitting in your in your filth for as long I was as you <laughs> always taught shower and then you can take a bath. All right. Well, that sounds luxurious. I mean, if you got if you're taking a, I remember when you take a bath as a kid, you're just taking a bath yeah, and your and your water's all dirty. <laughs> yeah, it just doesn't make sense. But you have bubbles. I, it was fun at a time, but you know, I don't know. I, I very much understood that you're sitting in your own filth after a while. Yeah. Like so, I have like this germophobia thing, which you know everybody's aware of right now. Everybody's a germaphobe now. Now, but I had I. There's a you're, reason why I I have a legit issue. You were one step ahead, huh? I, I was. I'm the hipster of germaphobes. Um, but it was because my stepdad, who I who just called, um, he used to take care of us when we were little because my I mom, would hope so, my mom, right? Like no? he would like be our main caregiver on the weekends. Oh, right. Well. Because my mom would work two jobs. Okay. So um, I mean if he was stepping up to he, be your stepdad, he's very you know, hopefully he was taking care of you, I guess, right? <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> so he um I remember I used to have long hair down to my butt, like really long hair. And he used to hate it. Because uh, he used to, when I used to have to take a bath, he used to have to detangle my hair. Um, but that's when I I, fig- I first started my germophobia because he would say, look at all this disgusting that's in your hair. Because, you know, just natural hair, right? Um, but... Yeah, disgusting shit in your natural hair? Yeah, you know, daily grime from being a kid in the in the 80s. Uh, I guess You know, so. rolling around in the dirt. I don't know. I didn't have long hair as a child. I grew my uh, hair out long as an adult and well, I'm taking care of it. Every day you you get natural oils in your Anyway, so he would say, look at the dirt that comes out of your hair because he, he he's nice now. <laughs> but, um, and that's where I was like, oh my God, things are dirty, you know, like, so it comes from childhood. Yeah. So, um, I want you to go back because I have. I still want to circle back to the whole car scene again eventually after uh, we well, talk. Well, tell me what you want to say because I already oh, went well, through the car scene. Right, I know. Uh, well, so when we were talking about that, I wanted to compare it to the remake, which I thought there was some some so there was some ups and downs in both endings. I thought, which are essentially the same ending in the remake and the um, original. The, the one thing with the car in the original was they just sort of like went right into it. It almost seemed like a little bit of like a, I ran out of time and we got to jump into this ending. So the remake was actually different in that um, 
when Chris and uh, Billy, I guess, because not John Travolta in the remake. So when Chris and Billy escape, they're boxed in because Sue has parked there to get a glimpse because she received a text message from um, from Chris saying, oh, you know, she's whatever, something like Carrie's going down or something like that in the remake, which is why I want to talk about the remake different separately because there's a lot of things in the remake. But um, because Sue has blocked them in, they have to kind of like... Austin powers their way out of that parking spot and then they see carrie in the remake going home and billy actually is the psychopath and he's like i'm gonna run her over and he goes to run her over and then she stops it um and has it swerve into um and she stops it and and billy smashes his head his face in kind of death proof style and then um what's her name is uh is still alive Chris is still alive. She then goes into the driver's seat, goes to run her over, and Carrie then makes them swerve into a gas station. Yeah. And that's when she dies. Right, yeah. But be, the little setup part that I noticed that was different in the two was that Carrie goes and follows them in the remake, whereas in the original, they just sort of cut to a scene where um, Chris and... John Travolta are driving along and then they happen to see Carrie in front of them as if she was already going home. Well, I don't remember the distinction of those two. I, yeah. I didn't really, I didn't really care for their, their demise scene. Well, the reason why I'm bringing it up and why I'm saying is because in the remake, she's like, I'm not done with you guys yet. And she's still in revenge mode and she wants to go get them because she knows that they mm-hmm. were a part of it. In the original, she's sort of left the school already and is not, necessarily following them because they come up from behind her you see what i'm saying whereas in the remake she's she even does this whole thing in the remake where she's a bomb and like splits the fucking Mm -hmm. ground and it follows their car as they're trying to drive away and they in the uh it like earthquakes underneath their car to stop them so she can catch up or whatever i don't know i'm just saying that there was difference in in the original to the remake because the original there was more like oh we are coming up behind her and we can actually run her over and finish her off now. And you're right. She just does this little creepy like turn and they're like, boom, 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 boom. So it was very quick after that. It was very like, whereas the other scene in the remake was a a lot more drawn out and almost like she's still on her getting her revenge. And I have thoughts on that. Mm -hmm. I, I think it's because the original Carrie was less about I'm going to get revenge. And it was more about, I have to protect myself mm-hmm. versus the remake is very, very vengeful. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, so Carrie makes it back to her. Yeah. She bathes. She gets ready. Her mom comes to her to console her. Mm-hmm. Carrie's like, they all laughed at me, mama. And the, and she's, mm-hmm. and the mom's like, let's pray. Yeah. They go to pray. The mom stabs her. Mm-hmm. Carrie falls down the stairs. Yeah. And then the mom comes downstairs and tries to kill Carrie. Yeah. And Carrie, what she does is she like gets the knives from the kitchen and scissors and such. Yeah. And like kind of crucifies her mom right. in the same exact way. And, and um, as her Jesus statue in her closet, but not only that, she stabs her in all the same places where the Jesus statue is, is, um, is stabbed. And the head is kind of over exactly with the frizzy hair. The mom looked exactly like the Jesus, Jesus figurine yeah. in the closet. Yeah. Then 
Now, you knew something was going to happen when the mom was going to, like, stab her because in both movies, um, there was this cool little, like, scene where, like, you see her in the background, like, where she's Hide, like, Mama? Like, yeah. Michael Myers hiding. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, Mama, where are you? And you... I thought right. that was really good, especially the Julian good. Moore one. She was just like walked in the She's back real so quick. Creepy. I love her so yeah. much. But after that scene, um, in the original, the house stars starts caving in. And I attributed that to her own guilt in killing her mom. So she's like, I'm just going to disappear. Right. So the house caves in. We assume that Carrie and her mom are dead. Um we we come There's to one difference real quick in the the two here in the original that's exactly what happens and we'll go talk about the other one after you finish this but uh, Sue comes back during that scene in the remake and witnesses right. the house and everything but right um, and I there's a whole thing which is why I didn't mention it there's a whole bunch of stuff that goes along right, with that yeah okay but um but so this one the house collapses in on them yeah and I'm sorry you go ahead go ahead. <laughs> uh, it's more of the house collapses. There's like things fall of rocks or something almost look like they're falling through uh, the ceiling. It collapses in on them. And then that's sort of it. And then they go to like a, um, a funeral scene, I think afterwards. Right? Yeah. So then everybody, you know, there's mass funeral because everybody died. Um, and then Sue is the only one that has survived this entire thing. And so she is having, you know, psychological issues and she's at home with her parents and the parents are going to take her away because she, according to this movie, the doctors have told the parents that Sue is young enough to have forgotten all of this. So she'll be okay. Such Such bullshit. bullshit. But all of this is being said while Sue is walking towards um, the house where where, Carrie, well, the hole where Carrie's house was, where it's a for sale sign and Mm -hmm. it says, Carrie White burns in hell yeah. and has an arrow pointing down. down. Yeah. And um, it almost looks like a cross too. It's yeah. a for sale sign, but it's like. And Sue's putting flowers there. And mm-hmm. then this hand comes up and grabs her. End of the movie. Which I thought was good. I that didn't expect that. Yeah. And to me, that was like, yeah, this is like the, um, you know, like the end of Nightmare on Elm Street when Freddie pops out the window or whatever, you know, like it, it was something that were. I didn't expect it, although I should have probably, and I just thought it was cool. It was a cool ending. Now, in the, in the remake, they obviously didn't do the same thing, and they, they have a little bit of a twist on that scene there as well. Right. Too. So, the, and, and there are a few differences between the original and the remake. Of course, it's set in a different time. Yeah. Um, in the remake, um, Chris's character is, like, overly tanned, very fake, very plastic, and she's jealous of... Carrie's natural beauty because she's played by fucking hit girl who's gorgeous. You know, even even without makeup on, she still has flawless skin. She has flowing, beautiful hair. You know, she's slender. All the stereotypical. I got lost norms, in the right? remakes modernness because I was like. It was such a typical 2000, like, I, re- I remember saying it reminded me of, like, American Pie, because the American Pie, uh, the guy who bangs Stifler's mom is in it. Oh, that's true. Um, and it was just a lot of that, like, early 2000, like, uh, high school movie, um, like, gimmicks and stuff like right, that. Right, but this is from 2013. Um, and so... Oh, I'm sorry. I just got... About the I just rage. got... Yeah, the yeah. rage. I just went into but, the rage. But... Um, <laughs> But here's the thing. So there's a lot of things, of course, to set in modern, modern times um, that uh, not only do they throw tampons at Carrie in the remake, they also videotaped it and then shared it with everybody. Um, 
in the remake. Oh, right. Yeah. She she does it. That's where, um, yeah, yeah. The, the Chris girl, yeah, she gets in trouble because she had the evidence on her phone and she didn't want to show her phone right. in that one scene. Yeah. Um, Chris's dad is an attorney, so the mm-hmm. whole part of trying to get her back into the prom came into the, the dad trying to kind of be a heavy hitter and say, you're going to put her back in the prom. Yeah. Didn't fall for it because she had the evidence on right. her phone. So in in the remake, also, there's um, there's still the whole pimping out your boyfriend thing. Um, but you kind of get the sense that he actually likes her uh, a little bit more. Um, I don't know if it's well, – it's they do that thing where it's like the uh, typical um, high school – love story movie where he at first he might not really like she's all that you know mm-hmm. that's what it is. Yeah, yeah that that's and that's what i did have a tr- trouble with the 2013 version versus the 76 the 76 yeah sure she wasn't like gorgeous like all dolled up all the time but she was very much still a normal girl where as in the remake she was hit girl like yeah, well, she was she was beautiful even dressed down, you know. That's so, true. Maybe they pick. Maybe they should have picked somebody who wasn't as you know pretty. camera friendly or whatever. <laughs> but um, so there was that. Um, there was uh the Billy, the Chris's boyfriend. He was the one that was a little bit more psychotic. He was the one that had a little bit more of the of the issues and the aggression because he's the one that forces her to forces Chris to kill the pig and, and says, you're going to do this. And he was a little bit more aggressive. Right. Yeah. He kind of was more of an influence on her to, to unleash her inner demons or whatever. Right. And then in the, um, in the original, it was, Oh, a religious background in the remake. It's, Oh, she was homeschooled up until the city or uh, until the state got involved. Mm -hmm. Um, then another thing, there was a teacher that was a creep. Oh, right. In the yeah. uh, in the remake. In the remake. Total so creep. Here's the thing. There's a it's teacher. Like, what's there's, up, there's... my little girl? Yeah. It's gross. He was at prom, too. He was probably just fucking loving it. It's fucked up. Okay, go on. Like, I'm not trying to glorify him. He's a fucking pedophile. So in the remake, the the scene where Carrie has to read about like read her favorite poem, she reads this poem. Um, see, did I write that poem down? She oh. reads a poem which is actually the story of Samson. Okay. And Delilah, not Samson and Delilah, but just Samson, and then how he goes and he gets his you know strength back, and he you know is a martyr or whatever, uh, and so she. In this one, um, Tommy actually comments on how it's a good poem and and doesn't yeah. like that the teacher is picking on Carrie sure. because he is – from the just glances, he's sleeping with one of those twins. Yeah. Right? Which is why during – when they're at the prom, that teacher goes and tries to protect one of the twins. Mm-hmm. Right. right. So there's that part there. Now, um, do you remember in the original that it wasn't her who read a poem and it wasn't – it was – Yeah, it was the other way around. It was the other way around, yeah. right. Another way around because Tommy read a poem and she mm-hmm. goes, it's beautiful. It's beautiful, right. right. Um, also, there's a lot more sex in this movie because it's 2013 versus 1976. Uh, they're in, in the scene where – Sue and Tommy are talking about Tommy taking Carrie to the prom. They have just finished having sex in yeah. his Jeep. More sex, but less tits, if you can believe that. 
Well, yes, because Hit Girl was underage. No, I know. I'm saying like they obviously implied that everybody was fucking, but they didn't have the gratuitous nudity as well, the so 76 one. This scene was in the 76 one, but it didn't make it to the final cut. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, in this in this movie, what I found was it was Sue trying to really show that she was a good person because she was, yeah, pimping out her boyfriend. But Chris made a good point in saying you only want that to happen so that you, so, right. you look like the good person, yeah. right? Um, and that's why she gives up the whole prom date because yeah. she's like, you just are, are doing or what saying you're sorry or whatever, being, feeling sad for Carrie, because you want to make sure that you go to prom and have your, your perfect prom thing happening. And that's when she gives all of that up. She's like, nope, just yeah. take her to prom. And kind of like, I think it was more of a, let me prove it to myself. Mm-hmm. I felt like that was another reason when I talked about Chris's point of view earlier, not being so off. That's, I feel like she makes a valid point there too, that she, that, you know, Sue is no angel either. She's really doing it only for her own benefit mm-hmm. and to get try to clear her guilty conscience, but yeah. it doesn't make it any different. Um, so anyways, yeah, the the Chris girl is, is obviously super bitch and she's a bully, but, um, you know, that's also she's going through her own shit in life. And, yeah. and I don't know if she's she's not the greatest person at all, but I don't know if she's entirely wrong in certain scenarios. Oh, <laughs> never mind. Chris is wrong, but. Chris she's is wrong. Not entirely like she's, you know, I don't she's know. a kid. Yeah. And here's the thing you don't give children the ability to make all of their decisions on their own because they're still not developed enough to be able to understand all of the consequences. Should she have gotten killed the fuck up? No. Should she have had more parental supervision and possibly um, treatment for some undiagnosed depression? Yes. But. <laughs> Okay, but what I'm saying, let's pretend that prom went over without a problem and there was no mm-hmm. pig's blood and no murder. So does that go ahead and make Sue's like you're off the hook, everything's cool, honky dory, you know, like because that's the thing, it's like in Sue's head, she All did of that this was for Sue. None of that. Right, exactly. So, you know how <sighs> That's what I'm saying. It really doesn't make up for her. Like it's not going to clear Sue. Um, from what she did, even though she thinks it is going to. When, um, let's, okay, let's say this. When when you step on my foot and I say, ow, that hurts, you say, I'm sorry. That sorry is more for you than it is for me because the words I'm sorry are not going to make my foot feel better. It's going to be for you so that you understand that I understand that it wasn't on purpose. (laughs) Right? Right. Okay, same thing here. All of this was for Sue. That's what I mean. Right. Get her conscious clear. All that was going to do is was going, if it had all gone well, all that was going to do was have Carrie have a good night and then possibly be teased the next day for her dress. Yeah. Or possibly be teased for, oh, by the way, you guys were on the ballot. That's stupid because you guys didn't even win. Because if you remember, they won because it was rigged. Yeah. Yeah. So they trumped that shit. They they trumped that shit. <laughs> I don't <laughs> they, know if that works. Or not, but. <laughs> they wouldn't have they like they wouldn't have become king and queen. Um, they probably would have gone to that after party because you know she mentions okay right. we'll go. But, they prob- yeah. And something probably would have happened there. I wonder what would have happened at the after party. Have you seen the movie Teeth? <laughs> <laughs> um, um. So then there's a lot of other things. Um. Also, um. In this movie, um. 
Sue sees that Carrie is doing all of these things. She goes to the house. She sees that Carrie is. You're talking about the remake. In the now. remake, yeah. Yeah. And um, we see that Sue sees that Carrie kills her mom. Yeah, that's the thing. Yes, yeah, Sue comes Sue sees and all sees all things. that. She the sees the house go reason, under. Yeah, the only reason why Sue makes it out alive is because Carrie was going, was reaching out to do something to her but also felt that there was life inside of her because Sue is knocked up pregnant this is in with the, a girl. The second one you're talking <laughs> yeah, about. Yeah, the remake. Right, yeah. And so she kicks her out of the house. She, like, picks her up and moves her out of the house. And oh, the house right. falls in on yeah, itself. Yeah, right, 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 right. Well, it doesn't just fall in. It's, like, sucks down into the earth. It's, yeah. like, I forgot what you – it's, like, black holes itself. It's, like right. – um, And then – what was in the book that wasn't shown in either of the movies, any one of the movies, all three different movies, even like including the TV one. In the book, apparently, um, Carrie goes outside after the pig's blood and from outside is fucking with everybody through the windows as opposed to staying on stage. Oh, Okay. Yeah. Well, that doesn't seem to add or take away any little I'm bit. I'm just saying. Um, um, so, yeah, this this pregnancy is um, it's a little bit, like, crazy because it's like, well, why did you put that in there? Oh, well, no, yeah. Wait, why did they put that in there? I was going to say maybe it tied into Carrie, too, because that Sue Snell, she reprises her role or whatever the actress's name was. She reprises the role of Sue Snell. Um, and then they explain a little bit of the connection between the the girl Sarah, whatever her name is. So the... I'm wondering if her the reason for her being pregnant versus Carrie bleeding is that Carrie bleeding right is starting her journey while Sue is entering a new stage in her life, which is probably why she made the quote responsible decision to skip prom. You know, she's maturing, she's entering this new stage. Sure. Right. But I don't know. I, I loved the original. It's classic. It's amazing. There's only, you can't get better than perfection. Like I loved it. The remake was good. It was good. I liked elements of it. I love the fuck out of Julianne Moore. She is creepy as shit. You believe her as a fucking sadistic mother who will fucking kill you the fuck up if you fuck up, right? Yeah, yeah. She sells it. She's it. You're scared of Julianne Moore. It is a good movie. I um, I liked both of them, but I did feel like that there was some parts of the, I don't know, there was just something about, there were parts of the remake and the ending where I was like, oh, that, that, Hits a little bit, makes more sense. And there was parts in the original that I thought also maybe made a little bit more sense. Um, so I was kind of back and forth between right. the two. My favorite part of the remake definitely is Julianne Moore. Yeah, she's she's yeah. great in it the for sure. The both good movies. Unlike the Rage Carry 2. Right. <laughs> well, real quick, the one thing I did not think I liked as much in the remake was the whole the the prom death scene because i felt like they went a little over the top with the cg like because again now she's like got these you know extra tele fiery powers whatever you call so, it so what i but, was i was so telekinesis is another word for psychokinesis and that actually means soul movement so i feel if she was telekinetic 
she would use her ability to move people because if it's soul movement, why can't she do like blood bending? I don't know. Oh, you haven't seen Avatar. No. no. <laughs> I don't know. I just, there was part of me that I felt like the original, it was great. There was nothing wrong with it. And the remake, I was like, no, they've gone a little bit. Over. Like, I didn't hate the remake. I actually really liked it. But I also felt like that in that particular scene, they were like, we're going to push it a little extra. Like, and they she went. She can tell that somebody's pregnant. She can move. She can do work with fire. She can yeah. work with, with water. She can work with earth, wind, fire, water, I, heart, yeah. go planet. So, I, so in I those final that. moments of the remake, it kind of lost me a little bit, yeah. whereas they had me the whole rest of the movie. Yeah, you know? I, yeah, I totally get it. Um, anyways, and then The Rage Carry 2. So The Rage Carry 2. Is not is, a good movie, but we watched it anyways. And, yeah, so it's from 1999. Yeah. And uh, it is, um, it was actually Stephen King's working title for the movie Carrie. And this movie really reminded me of the 90s. It's it was so 90s. My high school it's, years, and I, I I feel the crunchy hair. It brought back <laughs> a lot of memories for me. It did feel like it took me right back into that time. Um, and in that way, maybe as a movie, it did a, a good job. But I, I didn't think it was a great movie at all. It was a little lackluster. So, yeah, um, it's okay. So it's from 1999. Mm-hmm. Um, the Rage is actually, was actually uh, Stephen King's working title when he was writing Carrie. Um, it stars Emily Bergel as Rachel ah. and Amy Irving Sue. It's uh, the same Sue right. that was in the original, the original. Carrie from right. 1976. So, so one could say that it's almost like a continuation on her end of the story. Yeah. So Because she's the final girl. Yeah. Like Carrie is dead for all we know, right? Yeah. So the point is Sue is the final girl and part two essentially is – Sue's part two. It's like she's really should be the main character. The other girl, Sarah, it is she Rachel? is Rachel, whatever her name is. Um, the, it, they, Where did you get Sarah from? We haven't said Sarah this whole I don't day. know. I don't know. <laughs> Who the um, fuck is Sarah? <laughs> the point I'm trying to make is that it seems like it's it could Sue's have movie. been Sue's movie. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So okay. I like that. So she's um so I she's in the movie. It's something that where uh, so she works in the school now, I guess, right? And has had these, you know, for for all these years, has held on to this like thing that happened that people have moved on from, but she hasn't. So Sue is a uh, Sue Snell. However, many twenty years later or something. She is now a guidance counselor at the high school. Yeah, that's what I was trying she to say. She had previously spent some time in Arkham Asylum, mm-hmm. which is, as you know, the asylum from H.P. Lovecraft series and Batman. Yeah, I think it's more H.P. Lovecraft than Batman, but maybe that's where Batman got it from. So um, we're introduced to Rachel as a kid, and she is looks like she was about to be sacrificed by her mom to to get rid of these telekinetic powers she has, you know, to get her away from the devil. I didn't like the opening of that scene. It was stupid. She's like painting red paint on. She slaps the girl in the face with red paint. Like, I really didn't understand it. I thought it was kind of whatever. And I got where they went with it when they were spinning around. Um, Oh, we didn't talk about the spinning around scene. 
in the original Carrie, which I did think that was like a stupid scene from Brian De Palma to shoot this dizzying scene, dancing around and around and around and around and spinning, spinning and spinning and never stopping and never stopping. I was like, what are you doing here, Brian? Like, stop the fucking camera movement. Yeah, I mean, I didn't really think a lot about (laughs) it. It just was one of those things. um, They're dancing, so they're supposed to be kind of twirling. But also I, I took it as... They're in their own world now, and there's nothing else outside of them. You know what I mean? Because Carrie was finally in a good place. She was feeling good. Therefore, things were, you know, just only them, and nothing else in the world was static. It was going on and on and on. I was getting dizzy watching them fucking spin around. Um, So the the rage opens with um, this little girl. Her name is Rachel, and her mom, um, her mom is having um a mental breakdown um and she is trying to exorcise the demons from rachel um because rachel is telekinetic um so the police come they take her off to arkham the mom the mom yeah care of carrie rachel goes into foster Foster. care sure and that's where we catch up with her and she's in high school now so i guess 10 years later or whatever yeah um she wakes up in the next morning and she goes down she had the dog sleeping in her bed and she wakes up and she her foster parents are there they're getting ready for school work and doing the whole regular routine life right so we find out that she is in foster care we find out that um they're hopeful that the mom would get better but the the foster dad is like but then where would we get an extra three hundred dollars a month oh wait she's paying to live there when you're in foster care they the state pays the foster parents they don't do it for free really yeah really that takes away like a whole nother level. It's just like a cash. Yeah, cash that's why there's then. so much abuse in foster really? case children. I didn't know that. They, the people, there are some people who can who will take on as many as they can because each child is a monthly paycheck. That's fucking crazy. I never knew that. I mean that that's crazy because yeah, that's he's just looking at it like she's a fucking three hundred dollar paycheck now. Right, which in ninety nine was some money. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> um. My rent was nine was three hundred dollars in nineteen in two thousand in the year two thousand. Yeah. Yeah. So um, here's the thing. We find out that she has one friend, and yeah. this one friend, um, they have matching tattoos. So I'm a product of the '90s. If you look at my tattoo, it's a stupid tribal, like most people got in the '90s. Um, that's why this cover up is over it. <laughs> but you know that's the stupid shit we did. Rachel and her best friend are no different. They have this little heart covered in thorns, each on the same place. And it's their, like, blood oath to each other. Yeah. We find out that her friend, uh, was it Laura? It's Mina Servari. And she probably was also troubled because she was sleeping with Kevin Spacey. (laughs) I mean, that'll do it. Yeah, you know. I mean, there's a whole support group for people who are with Kevin Spacey. <laughs> um, so, so, so we find out that she has finally had sex and yes. she's going to bring the boy to lunch, right? Yes. We, um, we get to their school and this typical 90s high school. Baggy jeans, greasy, greasy and or crunchy hair, chokers and, and jelly shoes and all this, all this fucking 90s nonsense. Uh, Bell-bottom hip huggers and... All that bit. Yeah. I was taken right back. I was like, like, oh, shit. No. (laughs) Is that why you wore the choker tonight? Bring you back Um, to the 90s? Maybe. (laughs) (laughs) Looks good on you. (laughs) Looks like Um, I'm 
decapitate here. <laughs> yeah. I was really taken back. I did think that that part of it did well. Like it, but that that's just because it was like a Because trans- it was filmed then. Right. Yeah. Well, <laughs> true. Yeah. It was filmed then. Yeah. Man, we but, were crazy back then. Yeah. We? It was so stupid. Like the things that we did as kids are just so dumb. Like I can't, I don't know. Okay. So anyway, um, we get to the school and we're introduced to the popular crowd and the non-popular crowd. And, and so here's the thing. There's this group of boys. They, um, they all take bad, not, not bets. They all keep score yeah. of the girls that they They're have. They're the jocks. With. They're the jocks. Yeah. They play on the lacrosse, oh, the lacrosse team or team, something like football that. Football team. I don't football remember. Team? Was it lacrosse? Football. Or fo- Let's say football. Because I don't remember. Okay. I do remember lacrosse for some reason. Now, but... <laughs> I don't know. So here's the thing. They keep score. Every time you have sex with somebody, they're points. Yes, right? Yes. Now, at this point, we find out that the guy, there's this one guy, um, the oldest brother from Home Improvement. Yeah. At this point, we find out that fucking <laughs> the oldest brother from Home Improvement is, is a fucking is, psychopath. Oh, we already knew that he was going to be that way. Uh-huh. But he's... He, <laughs> He's totally playing into it, though. And yeah, so, but at this point, um, at, at the beginning, though, I, I so I think it was different. In the beginning, it was he actually liked this girl. And so when the, she walked by with Rachel, um, he said, what do you think about that girl? And they're like, oh, she's a dog or whatever. So then he's like, oh, shit. We find out later that um, he must have already told her, hey, I can't see you anymore. And she goes up to the roof throws herself off and she right. dies right yeah she commits she, suicide she does a whole and splat on the on top of a car windshield or something right like that. and so then um rachel is then of course upset she's also finding that she has telekinetic powers oh one thing in the original carrie and and the remake carrie and the remake carrie carrie's actually cultivating and growing her powers so that might be oh, why right. she has it. Okay, yeah. yeah. That'd be why she has those extra powers. Anyway, so back to the rage. The whole thing is um, we know that she killed herself because of this guy. And this guy and their scorekeeping. Mm-hmm. And then we also know that uh, Rachel has these powers that she's also coming into. Um, she's had them since she was a child. She just maybe didn't use them because of her circumstances. Mm-hmm. She don't want to be crazy like her mom. So um, the story is mostly she's all that, right? You mean the story? <laughs> With a twist. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's um, this one, one of the jocks actually likes Rachel, wants to be his, wants to be her boyfriend. The pretty popular girl doesn't want that to happen. Um, so she's like sabotaging Rachel. Um, the guy's actually falling for her, falling in love with Rachel. And Rachel um, is still very standoffish. And she's like, I don't know if this is right or whatever. Meanwhile, there's this whole. How do I say this? This is so I don't know. Much. Is this movie is harder to talk about now because it wasn't that good. Like, well, so here's the thing. Because Rachel saw a picture, because she worked as a photo developer booth, uh, of her friend with this jock, home improvement guy, she knows that she's the, he's the reason why she killed herself. Right, yeah, she so knows. So the police, along, Sue with, is encouraging the police to prosecute them because statutory rape laws, because he was over 18. Um, and so there's this whole subplot of 
the the jocks getting in trouble for that, right? Yes, there now, is. The reason why the other jocks are fucking with Rachel is because Rachel um, has the evidence against them. And she doesn't and, and she is going to, you know, make sure that he's held accountable. And they're like, don't fuck with our with, don't fuck with our bro, man. Right. Because there's a there's a, a football scout or whatever coming to the, 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 the game of the season, the game of the season. And you're fucking with his future. Right. Yeah. So, so that's why they're fucking with her. Um, not knowing that the friend is falling in love with her. They videotape them having sex because they actually do have a connection. The jocks videotape Rachel and the and, 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 and her, I guess, new boyfriend having sex. And then they pretend to accept her. So after the winning football game, the uh, after the winning football game, Rachel is taken with the friends to this after party yeah this party it's like at a mansion it's, at a it's mansion. probably somebody's rented out house yeah, or something, something like that super which i think this is what you're about to tell us about is fucked up too it's like i didn't like the movie but this part i really felt her pain yeah so what they did was they invited her there just to showcase the video of her having sex with the dude mm-hmm and then telling her and Show- showing her the book of how many points that fuck was worth. Right. And when you say showcase, you're talking about they, they put it, on the, it big screen, on the big screen on all for the, the whole party whole to see. Yes, everybody. Right? And that's when Rachel gets pissed the fuck off. Yeah. Essentially, like, that's where we get to this, the her tattoo, prom scene. The thorns go all over her body. And that's when you know shit's going to get real. what did you think about that part? I didn't like it. That was stupid, right? Yeah. Like, there's no reason the thorns and the no. tattoo should grow all over her. Like, this is where it got into so much of the ni- late 90s, early 2000s cliche. Yeah. Like, it was, like you said, it was like, she's all that mixed with a little bit of Carrie. And the just... Like, it was just stupid. Like, some of the humor was dumb. Like, the, I can tell you one point that I remember when the nerdy um, guy who bangs Stifler's mom is trying to get into the mega house party and nobody will let him in. And he just keeps getting drunk and drunk. And then later on, when the house is burning down, it's like, man, we missed one hell of a party. Right. Like, stupid. That's like so, dumb but there shit. are some things I do want to touch on. So, she starts, you know, killing everybody. And like, and I'm talking about like really fucked up ways. Like, there's a girl with glasses, and she has mm-hmm. the glasses break into her face. Into her eyes. That's yeah. That was you the know, girl who a, befriended one, her to bring her to the party. Yeah, she like tricked her to be to come to the party, and then another guy gets his nuts harpooned off. Oh, and, oh wait, yeah, and then that was that guy, was uh, what's his name? Wasn't it? Yeah, that was um, uh, home improvement guy. Home, uh, yeah, and then <laughs> and then um, the other guy, like the main bad, bad guy, guy who looks like Kevin Dillon. Who looks like victory? <laughs> he gets drowned. He gets drowned because she gets thrown into a pool that has one of those. Because he shoots her with the flare gun. Yeah, it has one of those this is automatic the screens. Party ever. You know Our the phones and flare guns. Uh, what is it? Those automatic covers. Those the pool tops. covers. Yeah, and he gets stuck underneath, mm-hmm. and then he ends up. Drowning and that's a fucked up way to die. Like I don't want to drown. Yeah, she got really, um, and then she even like gets mad at the guy who. Well, so here's the thing. Throughout throughout the movie, Sue is trying to help her. Uh-huh. Sue finds out where the mom is to try to see, hey, maybe because in her interactions with as a guidance counselor, since her best friend has died, Sue is, you know, being good to her and trying to talk to her like therapeutically. And so she finds out that Rachel has some carry like tendencies. Yeah. She, she can move shit yeah. because she moves shit when she's there unintentionally shown. You know, she's like 
just her emotions get the better of her and she like breaks something for oh, a snow globe or something it shatters so sue has gone to arkham to visit the mom right the mom tells her that carrie and rachel share the same, same dad father. right yeah so that's the connection between the two. Yeah. Um, now, in some of the things that I read on this second uh, or part two, of the rage was that it technically was a script that wasn't even written to be a sequel to Carrie. It just had so many similarities mm-hmm. that then they were like, "Oh, well, Let let's me just, just go embrace to, our copying." Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and apparently, the director who got noted for directing it came in afterwards. I think they were given. Or they weren't the original. I think they were, like, thrown into this gotcha. mix after. So they had to reshoot some scenes and basically kind of um, make it make sense, right. you know? So here's the thing. Sue and the mom show up at the party. Mm-hmm. Oh, right, yeah. And Sue gets killed Instantly. at the door. I, I didn't like that, although it was a cool kill. But I thought, like, again, this is she's the final girl. She needs to have some resolution. And she, just she gets, gets like, a harpoon through a dude's head, through a door, through her head. And they do this really cool, like, Open scene. the door and there's a yeah, dead body yeah. on either side. And yeah. that visual, I get it. Okay, they were going for that. But they could have harpooned any random nobody and got yeah. the same effect out of the yeah. double door I didn't scene. like that Sue died. Yeah. But... I, um, I didn't like a lot of things about this movie. Of course. I, <laughs> now, the I, guy, <laughs> her boyfriend guy shows up and then, um, we find out that he actually loves her, yeah, he's like, but she's like, I'm dying anyway. So she like saves his life. She dies. The mom dies. Sue dies. Everybody at the party dies. Then later on, dude's in college and she has, he has her dog and then he hallucinates that she comes inside and they're yeah. in love. Wow, what a 90-ass 90s movie. Yeah, yeah. Now, here's the one thing that I did remember about this is in the 90s, there was this group of guys called the, the, the Spur Posse. The Spur Posse. The Spur Posse. This is a Texas thing, right? They just like the Spurs. <laughs> I've like never the, heard the of the team. Spur Posse. So the, they were these people from Lakewood, California. And, and there were this group of guys who did this. They kept scores of all of their sexual conquests. Yeah. Well, most and guys. In the ni- but a, an actual tally. Sort. And don't tell me most guys do that. Because I don't think guys, and I please, I don't think most guys keep a tally of these are the points you get for each girl. Now, they no. use the point system to keep track of their their sexual assaults their sexual conquests and the statutory rapes. No, now, well, that's, that's... this is why in the 90s, Lakewood was Rapewood. Rapewood. Where's yeah. Lakewood at? That way. So um, I wrote some of this down, so I'm just going to read it. In 93, LA County sheriffs arrested members of the posse for their sex crimes. Prosecutors later dropped all but one of the charges after being unable to prove most of the encounters were non-consensual. Because you remember in the 90s, it was okay for guys to rape women. Do you remember that? Um, Although many were underage and some as young as 10. (sighs) Rumors. Yeah. Rumors that the Spurs would harm women who resisted led most women to pseudo consent so that they wouldn't get hurt. Um, One member of the posse was convicted of lewd conduct with a 10-year-old and spent one year at the Kirby Juvenile Detention Center. He later explained that the young girl was selected because he needed more points so he could make a name for himself. Some of the parents defended their boys, claiming they only did what any red-blooded American boy would do. (laughs) 
So right, right there, that's where you thought I was b- about to defend them, saying mm-hmm. any red flag. No, I mean that's this is more horrific than I realized what you were going into. I'm just saying, as teenage boys, you try to keep some sort of account of like if you know, like when you finally do get laid, you know, you'd be like, well, I've got at least you know two or three under my belt. No, I'm talking about like actively yeah, trying to ruin it. And then here's the thing: it wasn't up until recently that society started giving a shit about what happened to us when we were sexually assaulted. They would drag names through the mud. They would, they would say that, you know, we deserved it. They would say that we were all these negative things when in reality, you know, we were avoiding harm. Like I've definitely talked to you before about how sometimes it's just easier to go with it than to fight because you're scared for your life. So, um, I do want to say this. I got this from the LA times. Um, on one talk show, a Spur member, Billy Sheehan, revealed that his parents bought him condoms by the box load. And he bragged that he had the high uh, sorcerer. He was the high sorcerer with 66 points, three more than Posse founder Dana Bellman. Dana's dad, Donald, was the one who said uh, any red-blooded American would do the same thing. Um, and then he said, uh, what did he say? He said that he called those girls trash. What year? They're as young as 10 years old. What year was this? 93. 93? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah. So many fucked up things were going on in the 90s, especially so, out here in LA, man. Yeah. Well, so 92 was the riots. 93 was Rapewood. 94 was Northridge earthquake. It was a tumultuous time. Mm. But um, so I did recall that, which is why I was able to go back and look at it. But it was, it was absolutely very like, very much the same way um in in the movie they did talk about how they did talk about how oh you know statutory rape and that they had to drop the um the charges because it was really hard to prove that it was not consensual um i've been watching night stalker yeah and a lot of it was the same thing like richard ramirez kidnapped and raped a six-year-old girl and they didn't convict him or even charge him with those with those um crimes because it was going to be too difficult for these children because it was more than just one it was a lot of I right. think 13 you children. told me this like it was going to yeah. be something where taking them through the trial process was going to be, be like more worse. detrimental and he was already going to go to jail for right. killing right so they didn't bring him up on those charges but he definitely was a pedophile right, right. so I, I think maybe along the same lines they, they were unable to prove consent um but it's just it was just fucked up the way it happened because so many women, um, so many girls, correction, so many girls were unable to to really defend themselves because again, this guy called them trash, not knowing who they are, just because they slept with his son. I mean, if somebody was forcing me, how is that my fault? Yeah, I mean, I have no answers for that because I, I'm like, I can't even imagine, I can't fathom that kind of shit. Yeah, and that's why I'm friends with you. Yeah, it's because <laughs> you don't have that in your body. No, you don't have that it's in your. Weird. In your body. I like to create things, so to destroy things. I mean, I I guess I could. I've destroyed a few things in my life, but like the point is, like I genuinely don't have any of those kind of thoughts. Where, like, I don't know. I just can't see that being considered normal, and then you justifying it somehow you know it's just it's so weird um but yeah there's the bullying aspect and and some of the lighter issues i don't totally can touch base with yeah. and understand um, yeah so um so the, the 
the rage. I mean, it's you can you don't have to watch it. If you're um, if you're wanting to go back, if you've never seen Carrie the original, obviously you should go watch it. Probably. Yeah, it's cinematic. And it's, you know. it's amazing, and it has a lot of um, connections to Psycho, which mm-hmm. I love. It has um, the crazy mom. It has the crazy ass music. It has a shower scene. Right. Okay. Um, there's a character named Norma and. Bates High School. Oh. You know? <laughs> oh, right. Yeah. I think that was a, a, a thing. Oh, they, like, it was Bates High School as an homage to... Right. Uh, right. And because then, that character Norma was just added. And then in the in one of them, it might have been Rage Carry 2. Yeah. When, he, they, I when they go to the college scene later on, it's actually called King's University or oh, something. Oh, really? Because it's a... Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, throwback to um, Stephen King. So what... what carried both the remake and the original showed us was you don't the book isn't always um the movie can deviate from the book and still be really good Mm -hmm. that's it i haven't read the book but um it still was really really good um and then i wrote something that i want to no, I guess I didn't have any. Well, I, my little recap of the three, again, was Carrie was a great movie. The remake was also done really well, enough to where I don't think that it falls into the category um, that most of these remakes fall into, which is shit, you know? Mm-hmm. Um and the part two is exactly what you assumed a part two would have been, especially for being made in the 90s, late 90s at that. It definitely is cheesy, corny, 90s, and it does not have the the power and the, um, the filmmaking uh, expertise as the first one did. So it really isn't worth your time unless you want to do what, what we did, which is like explore the entire series um i guess you know and just have some fun rewatching some shit i think all three movies ultimately are about ultimately something that is supposed to build you up and carry on carry you on into into greatness and doing your power and stuff can also ultimately be the thing that destroys you carrie's um ascension into womanhood ultimately is what destroyed her mm-hmm. um carrie's um Rachel in the rage wanting to accept love and a partner into her life mm-hmm. ultimately destroyed her. Yeah. It's it's that that trust that she d- learned to build ultimately destroyed her. Sure. So, I think what it it I think what it does tell us is that you can rem- you can grow and you can build, but you always have to be wary of there can be a fall. Sure. And you have to just prepare yourself for the fall. Sure. And when you do it, make sure you're not destroying yourself in the same way. Yeah. Like you're able to do all of these wonderful things, but if you're going to destroy your life trying to stay there, there's no point in doing that. Yeah. Um, on a on a very horrific level, I don't know how much like this is one of those where again I go back and I feel like I like I know it's a horror movie. It's got horrible things that happen in it. Um, but it's not, it's very transparent. So there's no real, like, it's not spooky. It's not supernatural. It's not, I mean, it is super, what am I trying to say? Like it does have elements of all that, but it's not like a shock you, scare you movie throughout the thing. There's no jump, major jump scares or anything like that. You pretty much know what's going on until the end. And even at the end, it's just revenge and she's just killing people. So it becomes more of a gore fest than anything else. But it's not a movie that you like, I feel are going to be scared to turn the lights off at night. Unless you think that Margaret White's going to show up in your bathroom. (laughs) (laughs) 
you know, that's all I'm saying. Jaws made people not want to go into the water. I don't think Carrie had a, a major impact where it stopped people from doing certain things. They just knew that there, there's like. Well, what Carrie, what Carrie actually did was, um, it really was about how women find their own power and how men fear that and try to suppress it, especially in that time. Like, like I mentioned, it was during the. Second wave of feminism and also the rise of the evangelical movement, which was, I mean, it was a movement that was supposed to lift up their people, but really just try to keep women below water. Yeah. You know, so it very much was reflective of the time. It's women can do all this damage, so we better suppress them. Mm -hmm. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you took out the supernatural element with her even moving shit, it would still be that movie and it would be still considered i guess a horror movie because there's horrible things that happen in it well it might have just been a very emotional drama an emotional drama sure um i don't know i i feel unfortunately we don't learn from history which is why we had a fascist in the presidential office um (laughs) we don't learn from our history and you know people are continuously like yeah People don't have telekinetic powers and are killing us. But why do my children know what to do in the event of a school shooter? Why, why, you know, why? Because unfortunately, these things happen and people who have mental health issues don't get mental health treatment. People who, um, people actively are trying to tear down people who are different than themselves. That's xenophobia. I mean, if if we all understood that we all have our own challenges and we all have the ability to raise somebody up or destroy them, we might be more inclined to help raise each other up versus just constantly shitting on one another. Yeah, sure. I don't know. I'm just saying. Okay. It's something to think about. Yeah. So it was a bloody good movie. Bloody good. <laughs> yes, indeed. I thought I had written the kill count, but I don't think I did. Did you keep did. a kill count? How could you keep a kill count? Like, everybody died. The whole place burned down, right? Yeah, but I thought I had a kill count. <laughs> well, I don't know. There, there, we watched three movies in a row for one episode, so it's a lot to take in, you know what I yeah. mean? Like, I keep we'll getting... it down as best we can. I keep getting... Um, <laughs> well, it was good to, like, see, I think sometimes when we get into a movie that has multiple series of you know a franchise whatever it is maybe good for us to break it down or do a comparison with like remake versus original at least that that's cool well that's it for us today thanks so much for tuning in we got a special thank you to nicole who urged us to do the carrie series uh yeah i'm very glad that we did it and i normally am not for remakes and i would not have watched um the carrie remake otherwise so thank you so much for reaching out if you have a movie or a series that you want us to do Hit us up. What is it? Hello um, at icecreampodcast.com. Right, yeah. Hello at icecreampodcast.com. Or you can go to our website, icecreampodcast.com, and you can submit a movie there. Yes. Follow us on all of the uh, social media outlets out there. Um, ice cream parlor, ice cream underscore, ice cream. Oh, it's in the show notes. <laughs> yeah, it's all there. You know where to find it. Go follow us, like Don't and subscribe. To like, subscribe, tell a friend, and we'll see, we'll you, see you next time on the, the flip side. The flippity flop. <laughs> <laughs> okay, bye.
Bye.